like it or not, the family you grew up in and came from uh, has a profound influence on the way you raise your children today. And uh, boy, I have looked in the mirror and thought, you are so much like your dad. (laughs) I just find it, I mean, we grow up saying, I'm never going to be like that. And then we are. I'm John Fuller, joined by Dr. Danny Huerta, who is in charge of our parenting department here at Focus. And uh, let's kick off today's episode with a clip featuring Mylan and Kay Yurkovich, who are very good about understanding the love styles. Uh, They apply that to marriage, and you're going to learn something about how love styles affect your parenting. Let's go ahead and listen in to the conversation Jim Daly and I had with the Yurkoviches. Welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Hey, before we talk about those styles, uh, the love styles mm-hmm. of parenting, what's the purpose of parenting when you look at it and strip mm-hmm. it all away? What am I trying to do as a dad or a mom? I think we're trying to help children have an amazing picture of who God is. Huh. Uh, you know, as parents, we are the first taste a child has of what someone is like who's bigger than me. Um, what's huh. an authority like? What's a comforter like? And I think if we really invest in our parenting, we're giving our children an amazing picture of who God is. I think the goal of parenting is to teach our children how to regulate their mind, will, and emotions. That sounds a lot harder. I know it is. <laughs> but, but think about it for a second. You know, a baby cries, a mom and a dad gives comfort, the child finds relief. It happens thousands of times in the first year of life, second year of life all the way through the formative years. The child expresses needs, the parents meet that need, and the child feels some comfort. And what it does is it teaches the child to be able to regulate, be able to delay gratification, to be able to self-soothe, to be able to trust others like the, the authority figures and go to somebody when I'm in trouble, as well as to be able to control my impulses. And so the parent, we don't think of this, but a parent really is a regulator of the child who in turn then is able to regulate themselves. Well, let's um, talk about those styles uh, within our children. We mentioned them, of course, in the program we did on marriage, but uh, put them now into the parenting context. What are the five styles? Well, we're going to talk about the avoider, the pleaser, the vacillator, and the controller and the victim. And I was the avoidant parent coming into motherhood. Mm -hmm. And of course, I didn't know that for the first 15 years. But I grew up in a home that dismissed emotions and that uh, taught me that I, if I had a feeling, I was to not show it. If I cried, I was to go to my room and figure it out on my own. And so without realizing it, in my early parenting, when my kids cried, I told them, you're fine. And it, it was, you know, not an opportunity to go in and comfort. And sometimes, of course, that's an appropriate thing to say. But it was what I always said. Right. And so I really didn't see emotions as something to develop and something to help a child name and to help a child regulate. I saw emotions as something to get rid of. Yes. So that's the avoider. What are the others? Well, you have the pleaser, the vacillator, and the controller and victim. I was the pleaser parent. And so... I was distressed by my child's distress. Huh, if that... my child was agitated, I'd get agitated. Then I'd need to fix that as quickly as possible. And so uh, I would try to make them happy or divert them or be funny or have fun. Why? Because I didn't, like Kay, 
want them to be in negative emotions because those negative or difficult emotions would stress me. So instead of empathizing with them, instead of listening to them, I would want to fix them quickly and make it all go away. So we've talked avoider, pleaser, vacillator is the next one. Talk about that vacillator parent. What what okay. do they look like? Well, the vacillator parent's probably one of the most idealistic parents. They come into parenting really wanting to be the best parent that ever existed, and they want to have the best kids uh, that are an amazing reflection on them. <laughs> and so, of course, kids don't always quite follow that plan, do they? So for the vacillator, they really like intense connection they can feel. So they really like the baby stage a lot because that kid is really just so... Totally dependent. Oh, and and endearing and adoring of them. You can cut their hair anyway. You can dress them anyway. (laughs) You've got total control. Control. They adore you no matter what you (laughs) do. Right. Right. And so for the vacillator parent, the twos and the teens are really hard because that's when a child says, no, I don't like you. Uh, I don't want to do what you say. And the vacillator often takes this as rejection And so the vacillator parent is sort of in and out. They are preoccupied often, so they can be great parents when they're really, truly, fully present. But there's many times, too, where they're preoccupied, they're mulling something over, and they're not present for their kids. So it sounds like they're either hot or cold. Yeah, they're in, they're out, they're hot, they're cold. One of the things they have, if I might add, is the reason that they're idealistic and the reason that they want their child to perform well is they have a shame factor where if they're embarrassed or they feel like they don't look good, the child is not making them look good, they get very embarrassed, humiliated, and then that is really a big factor to them. And Mm -hmm. so they want to then correct the child or correct the the place where that child did that. Um, School, the teacher, the, the sports team, Shame's a very p- big piece of the vacillator. I just soul. I jumped immediately to Little League. I mean, oh, how, how yeah. many vacillator parents <laughs> are there at Little League? Come oh. on, umpire! Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're the ones that are going to yell at the umpire. Correct. I, I said to a lady the other day at a, at a Little League game, she was just ragging the umpire. And I said, do you know him? She <laughs> says, no. I said, the way you're talking to him, I thought maybe you knew him or something. She said... Do you think I shouldn't be saying this? I said, look, if I was the umpire, you'd be my worst nightmare. And I said this to this lady I, because she was really ragging on this guy. I'm not a pleaser anymore. So yeah, I can say, things, <laughs> like this. I can say things like that now. And she stopped and she goes, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. And it was just uh, one of those moments where you're absolutely right. That yeah. wasn't the right call. So I'm going to call it. All right, so we'll cover the other love styles in a future episode or two or three. There's such great content there from Mylan and Kay. Danny, um, it can be difficult for us to admit that our mom and dad influenced how I am as a mom or a dad. Why is it important for us to come to grips with that? We're built over time. And we have to we have to realize that that's a great and, T-shirt, right? There. Yeah, built over time. <laughs> yes, and so there are patterns in things that maybe we don't even know where they came from that are built into us. And we learn how to be loved, how to love others according to personality differences, according to who we're with. We begin to learn about ourselves through the mirror of what other people say about who we are. And sometimes it's our interpretations of what we think other people think of Mm -hmm. us. A lot of complexities as to how we build that identity and that perception. But a lot of patterns are naturally their genetics, relationships, and experiences, and culture form our perceptions, which form our beliefs, which end up influencing our automatic thoughts, 
our emotions and our behaviors, the day-to-day things we see are built over time in those experiences, relationships, genetics, and it's the reality that our family of origin is very involved in that original design of who we're built to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, know that we mirror one another. Our brain needs direction. So many guys have come into my office, exactly how you said, John, I do not want to be this particular parent, whether it be dad or mom or both. So I don't want to become them. But they don't have a plan as to who they want to become. They haven't seen uh-huh. a model that they're wanting to mirror. So it's not enough to say, I'm not going to be that. you got to have a, a more positive uh, aspiration of who I want to be. Yeah, because your brain's going to default to what you're most familiar with, mm-hmm. not necessarily what you're wanting, but what, what's familiar there because you've learned it. So you need to intentionally learn patterns and learn who you want to mirror after and learn from mentors and other people to put the pieces together of who you're wanting to become and intentionally uh, make that a goal for yourself, pray that through, and and then be open to constructive feedback from other people. Including your kids? Including your kids. And, and not everything about your family of origin is bad. We, we, we tend to say that there are some great things that your family of origin give you, but there are some patterns that you want to break free from, yet you want to be aware because many times those are blind spots in mm-hmm. our lives. Yeah. I, Danny, I, I have yet to stump you. We've done hundreds of podcast episodes. I, I just have never heard you say, I'm not sure I'll get back to you on that. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and perspective, your encouragement. And I do hope that as a mom or a dad, you have found the conversation really, really helpful about our families of origin and how that affects us. Um, Mylon and Kay share more insights uh, about the love styles and how they affect us as parents in their great book called How We Love Our Kids. And we're making that available to you. It's kind of our highlighted resource uh, for today. Uh, Make a gift of any amount to the ministry and we'll send How We Love Our Kids to you. It is full of great insights, and uh, you can find further details about the book and donating either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount um, in the show notes. And it might be that along the way here, we've kind of touched a nerve, and you want to talk a little bit more um, with somebody about this. Our Caring Christian Counselors would be a great um, resource for you. Donors make it possible for them to give you a call back and talk through some things and uh, point to resources and kind of some next steps. Call us if you have a need. 800, the letter A, and the word family. And again, we'll have details in the show notes. Next time, you'll hear from Matt and Lisa Jacobson. But for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team here at Focus on the Family, I'm John Fuller, and thanks so much for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. <music>